Welcome to Run 12-1 Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Gowen. Hey guys, this is Pastor Justin again with Run 12-1 Podcast. And if you haven't really got the chance to, this is your first time listening, go back to the introduction of Run 12-1. It'll kind of explain why the name 12-1. I I get it derived from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, where the Hebrew author switches from after basically 11 chapters of explaining to his audience, Jews who had converted to Christianity, that's his predominantly audience of the book of Hebrews, and how he was trying to show them how Jesus was what the Old Testament portrayed and pointed to, because they were struggling with what they were living in in that day and age, just right before AD 70, when the temple fell, when it looked like Judaism was exactly everything it should be. Um, so uh, you can go back and listen to that. But in essence, Run 12.1 is a podcast that is dedicated to creating daily exegetical devotions to help you in your marathon race of life. In Hebrews 12.1, we're introduced to um, how the author switches and says basically that we are in a run, that we are to run this race with patience. We are to lay aside every weight and sin that doth so easily beset us and run with patience the race that's set before us. And then he gets right into the point, the next verse, and says basically just like Jesus uh, had his race, our author, the finisher of our faith, he ran his race and he for the joy that was set before him. The joy, the finish line was you and I. To go back and click on that, I don't have time to get into every detail, but um, this week we've been, this is episode number two of a season we're looking at called Knowing Our Enemy. And um, it's vital that we know who our enemy is. The Bible is not silent of an enemy. It, 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 it starts right away on the pages of Scripture in Genesis chapter number three. We are introduced to an individual in the form of a serpent, an angel, fallen angel in the, in the, in the form of a serpent. And so that's what we're going to look at this week. And again, this is kind of an overview, I'm not going completely in depth because there's a bl- bunch of different passages. But I want you to utilize this for, again, run 12.1 is... Uh, also dedicated this a new kind of switch in my life, a new workout r- regimen where I'm taking on a lot longer runs, doing 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathon. And uh, But you don't have to run. Maybe you use these for your workouts. Maybe you use these for while you're mowing the grass, or maybe you do run, whatever the case is, on nice walks. Use these to help build up your spiritual electrolyte endurance for the race that God has you specifically in. And so I'm going to kind of just start off with some of the names that the Bible gives to our enemy, named Satan. We learn this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. The Bible calls him the devil in Ephesians chapter 4, 26 to 27. And these are, aren't every single time. It's just one instance. You can do, you have a cross-reference Bible. You can probably find other times. In 1 John 5, 19, the Bible calls him the evil one. The father of lies in John's gospel in chapter 8, verse 44. A ruler of this world and God of this age, John chapter 14, verse 30. And he's also in first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4. Lucifer, found in Isaiah 14, 12. The ruler of the kingdom of the air, Ephesians chapter 2, 2. The tempter, Matthew chapter 4, 3. The accuser of the, brother, uh, uh, of the brethren, Revelation 12, 10. 
These are just some of the names that the Bible gives, some synonyms, some antonyms, different types of explanations or characteristics of who our enemy is. And again, it's so important. If you don't know who your enemy is, how do you know how to defend yourself? People that go to sporting events and the team preps themselves for whoever it is that they're facing, their opponent, wars, whatever the case is, you have to know who your opponent is in order to be able to be ready for what's coming. And Jesus wanted us to. God wanted us to be aware of who our enemy is. So now we're going to look at kind of his origin. We back all the way up in scripture. We can get back to the first book, not the first book, but the first time he's mentioned in, in Isaiah chapter number 12. Actually, Isaiah chapter number 14, sorry, starting in verse 12. It says, how art thou fallen, O Lucifer? Or how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Now, this is in a context of talking about the king of Babylon, but we believe now at the completion of the Bible, as we go back and Jesus kind of points to some things, as we see in Luke chapter 10, 18, Jesus literally says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In Job chapter 38, verses 4 through 7, we know that angels were created before creation or before the earth was. And so we can kind of date this to an extent, not to the exact extent of when it happened, but we can know in the order of things, since Satan, Lucifer was an angel, as we'll learn here in just a second, that this happened before the earth was created or before humans were created, rather. And Jesus says that he was there. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Going on, it says in verse 13, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of trans, I mean, uh, of the mount of congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And he doesn't stop there. And in Ezekiel chapter 28, another king, the king of Tyre here, we learn in verse 12 or 28 of Ezekiel says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. And say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, the topaz, and the, um, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and the gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up, up and down in the midst of the stones of the fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity found in thee. By the multitude of the merchandise have they filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering, o, o covering cherub, uh, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty, and thou hast corrupted the wisdom by reason of thy brightness. And so what we learned about in the context of Isaiah chapter um, 14 and, then, and then, I, then Ezekiel chapter 28, we kind of take these two commentaries dealing with two kings in that exact context, but now looking at the entirety in Scripture and knowing how to properly interpret it now, that it wasn't, it was, yes, a an in-the-moment context about these kings, but also a deeper, deeper insight of the actual, the the enemy behind this, who was Satan, and we can see how and what happened to him. 
And so basically how we see Satan fall is basically in a nutshell, we'll get into this later on in different episodes. We'll break each one down, but how he comes at you and how he comes at me. Last week, we looked at 2 Peter, and we learned that uh, while they offer uh, them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For what, so for, for what a man is in, uh, um, overcome of the same as he brought in bondage, all Satan can offer, he offers liberty, but what he can give is corruption. But he tries to woo you, tries to trip you, tries to get you to sin against God in the same way that he did while he was this beautiful created angel with the interpretation of this seeing as if he was probably one of the highest angels used as chorus, used to sing, was beautiful. And then he sees, especially in, a, in Isaiah 14, all the I wills in his heart, he became prideful. In his heart, he, it became about himself. That's simplicity, basically what it came down to. It became about himself. And because of that, envy, greed set in, and he wanted to be like God, or if not, at bare minimal, above God. That's our enemy. That's who he is. We've known his different names. We'll get into depth, like I said a little bit later on, about each one of those names. But these are the scriptures that tell us about who he is, his origin. He was one of, if not the highest angel in heaven. Eternity passed. He was created by the creator for the glory of God. But in his heart, he said, I will. The beauty of God, I, I, I cannot coin this as my own. I heard somebody, I don't know who said it, but the beauty shining from God shined on Lucifer and his greatness and his beautiful decked out in stones. And he shone brilliantly, but Satan thought it was coming from himself. All the while, it was the reflection that God had upon him, but he became jealous. He became greedful. He became envious and thought it was himself, got into this I will pride motion heart and immediately sinned against God. And God cast him with also a third of the angel host down to earth. Hell was created specifically for Satan and the fallen angel hosts. As the Bible teaches, Jesus said in Luke 18, I saw hate Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Your creator, your savior was there. And so how do we better understand this. Well, number one, like I said, for our marathon, for our run, we got to know who our enemy is. As we're running, there are things that are coming for you. You have your own race. I have my own race. Satan is coming from you. His principalities, his powers, they will be after you. One of the main ways, if we can balk up and kind of squeeze in together, excuse me, sum up what he does, he wants you to look at yourself. And he wants you to make everything about yourself. That's his main goal. Get you to make it about you. Become selfish. You know what the big, yeah, the biggest thing about selfishness is? S, selfish, I, N, ness. It's the root of sin is selfishness. And it basically gets you and I to look at ourselves and think we are the one in charge. And we become independent of God instead of dependent upon God because we think it's all about us. 
My friend, it's all about the glory of God for of him and through him and to him are all, are all things. To the glory of God. As Paul writes in Colossians and similar, similarly in Romans. I hope that we are better under, or that we better understand today what and who our enemy is. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to break down basically the three areas that he kind of twists into using us to get towards ourself and pride and selfishness, the lust of our, our mind, our will, our body, or the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We'll break those down each episode. So stay with me through this, because at the end, as, as, as we're looking at this, I believe you will be better prepared for when the enemy, not if, when, 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 when the enemy comes after you. But the great thing is, I was reading the other day, actually this morning, let me flip to it real briefly. In Hebrews chapter number two, wherefore, and talking about Christ, the high priest, wherefore in all things it, be, it, it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren. Christ was made like to us that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. God in the form of Jesus Christ came for you and I to reconcile us, to save us. But in so doing, he was faced with every temptation that you and I are faced with. Another part of scripture says, yet without sin. Here in Hebrews chapter uh, 2, verses 17 through 18, we learn that Jesus has won the temptations or went through the temptations of the greatest tempter ever, and he won. And so we can look unto our Savior who won for help when the enemy comes. But Jesus just doesn't want us to say, okay, whenever he comes, then Jesus, you'll be with me. He wants us to learn. He wants us to read. He wants us to be prepared. He wants us to build up our spiritual uh, uh, muscles and learn about who our enemy is so that we, on the standing in the power of God, standing in the authority to God, standing in the spirit of God, standing on the promises and the word of God, can defeat the foe just like Jesus himself did. That's what he desires. Confidence in him, not confidence in us, but using the tools that he has given us in his spirit through his word, in his word. My friend, I hope this is a great encouragement to you. Um, and I look forward to the next episode where we start breaking down the different areas to which our great foe, our great enemy comes after us. God bless and have a great day. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Run 12-1 Podcast. Run your marathon race that God has placed you in. God bless. Mm-hmm.